Hello and welcome to week four of the Punt Return Podcast. I'm Josh Y, your host. Uh, we've got a bit of a, a mixed show today, so it's a little bit choppy. We've had a uh, disruptive week across the board with all our three panellists. So uh, I uh, introduced James and then we'll chat with Nick a little bit later on. James, how are you going, mate? Good, Josh. Looking forward to a grand final weekend and another set of games in the NFL. Yeah, it should be good. We didn't lose a single quarterback to injury in week three, so we can uh, <laughs> celebrate that after a, a terrible first couple of weeks. And we're approaching the quarter pole of the season. So we've got eight teams that are undefeated. Seven teams are 3-0, and and the Detroit Lions are 2-0-1. and um, So since 1980, 136 of the 180 teams that start uh, that went 3-0, they made the playoffs. So 75.5%. Of three and O teams make the playoffs, um, and then on the other end of the schedule uh, of the spectrum, we have seven teams that are still looking for their first win. Six teams are zero and three, and Arizona zero two and one. Um, so it looks like it could be over for all those zero and zero and three teams. History's not been kind to those slow starters. Going way back to nineteen eighty, there have been one hundred and seventy six teams to start the season zero and three. Only six of them have gone on to make the playoffs. That's only 3.4%. Most recent, recently, the Texans last year started 0-3 and, and then went on their run and made the playoffs. So um, it's kind of weird having such a big gap of eight undefeated teams and seven winless teams in the NFL. Normally you expect three or four, but eight at this point. Um, it's pretty crazy, James. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, we've got this top tier at the, the very, you know, top end with New England obviously flying at the moment and then yeah. at the other end, Miami. Yeah. And we've seen what happens when they play, play each, each other. Yeah. So, yeah. I think a part of that discrepancy is the schedule. I think that the schedule yeah. this season has seen a lot of the elite teams play a lot of the bad teams. Um, and Football Outsiders touched on that in their DVOA ratings this week and mentioned, uh, mentioned that as well. So, like, the Bills and Jets play each other this week and their opponents between the tw- between the the two of them uh, have only won one game, and that was the Giants, um, the, who the Bills beat. The rest of the teams are winless, so um, something's got to give there between those two teams. But uh, we'll get to Week Four in a minute. Let's let's talk uh, previous weeks here. Week Three results. Our lock of the week. Uh, we're on Washington plus four. Um, embarrassing. Um, they nearly covered still after how bad they started as well. Um, Case Keenum fumbles it on a quarterback, the weirdest quarterback sneak I've ever seen. He, he, he was doing like a touchdown drive at like the 20. I, I, I didn't understand that. But if they scored there and got the extra point, they were within, they were within the, uh, the, within the range there. But they laid an egg early with some pick sixes and some missed opportunities and it just got, got a better of them. But yeah, you know, that's okay. Plenty more weeks to, uh, to make that up. Uh, long shots. Uh, we'll chat with Nick a little bit about that, but he continues his, uh, golden run. Um, and then best bets last week, uh, I went one, uh, one and two with the Rams minus three being my only win. Um, and then we've, uh, took, taken some advice of our listeners and, and tracked it now year to date. So six and three for me on the year. Thankfully, the, uh, three and oh week two has really helped me with that, uh, rating there. And then Nick, he went two and one last week with the Rams minus three and under in the Cincinnati and Buffalo games saluting. Um, so he's four and five on the year, but he's also three and oh in his long shots. So, uh, that kind of helps things out a little bit. Um, so let's let's talk week four. What was your biggest takeaway from week four? My biggest takeaway from week four is how much, despite everything still changing in this sport, you know, we're going more athletic, we're going more nuanced with our offenses, we've got more sophistication with our drafting techniques, yet the thing that stays the same is the para- how 
paramount offensive lines are. Yep. Um, through the first uh, three weeks of the season, the top seven teams in sack prevention are a combined 17 and four on the season, mm. right? The bottom four, seven teams in terms of um, giving up sacks, they're five and 16 on the season. So yep. this, this, this element that offensive lines still matter. That's why the big boys get paid up front as well. <laughs> and just that solidity that you've got that can execute in so many different manners. You can establish a running, a, a nuanced running game if you like, as well as your passing up. <laughs> gives you so much, so much more variety in what you're able to do just with that comfort of knowing that you can execute with your big boys up front. So that's yeah. something I'm still really interested and intrigued by. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's a that's a great stat. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that you've seen it a lot of the times the teams that have those, you know, big, that are built well in the trenches, it fares well for them into the postseason. So protect, totally. protecting and getting after the quarterback are, are still just so fundamentally important. And uh, yeah. people forget that. They look at flashy weapons and fantasy football players and things, but... Um, yes. I'll parlay that yes. into into my issue. Um, for me, what's wrong with with Baker Mayfield and this Browns offense? And I think it's quite clearly it's their Achilles' heels going into this season was was their offensive line, and and that was paramount again um, against the Rams with Dante Fowler and, and Aaron Donald just pressuring Baker Mayfield, hitting him a lot, getting heaps of pressure, and he's just can't settle in the pocket, can't get rhythm, can't get comfortable, can't get through his throws. You've seen him miss throws and. And miss and miss passes that we saw him make last year because he's just unsettled in the pocket, and I think he's seeing ghosts a little bit because he knows that this O line is is so bad. So you know that's a, a great example of that is why they have Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. Uh, they don't have David Njoku anymore, but they have these weapons. But you know that's not going to help you unless you have adequate protection, or you can do you can make special special plays at your feet like a Deshaun Watson. Um, mm. So I think. That's a, that's a great, great important part there. Um, for me, my other takeaway is how many people are eating crow on uh, Daniel Jones or Denny Dimes. Uh, I know it was only one game, but, you know, it was impressive. Two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, came back from an 18-point lead. Eli Manning, uh, sorry, 18-point deficit. Eli Manning, 0-44 when trailing by 18 points. Denny Dimes, 1-0. and zero. Um, It's pretty, pretty incredible. The only thing with Danny Dimes is the idea that they still could have got him a little later in terms of they still could have shuffled that around in terms of the draft selection. Yeah. Just go get your guy. Yeah. And that's what, that's the whole gamble. That was the whole gamble that Gettleman and the Giants have taken. And yeah, it could work out for them. It'd be fantastic if it does for that franchise. So yeah. And it's funny though, that he won that game without their uh, once in a generation running back that uh, they they took over Sam Darnold and, and other players in Saquon Barkley. So yeah. that's pretty funny as well. Um, all right, let's yep. let's jump into week four. Uh, we won't touch on Thursday Night Football. We're going to come back and chat. Um, we're going to recap that game. Um, we're filming this over two parts here. Um, so a little bit technical here uh, at uh, the punt return in week four. Um, back to normal programming next week. So we'll recap week four. But just quickly, did you have any, any thoughts or a pick on that game? Um, I think the line's about right. I'm just... Yep. We want to see a little bit more from the Eagles' defense. Like two sacks this year by the Jim Schwartz unit is really underwhelming. Yep. Um, and we'll see how they go today. Then they would not want to fall into a one-three hole. That's that. That would be tremendously bad for the Eagles. Yeah, especially with Dallas potentially starting. You know, That's four right. and zero. Um, so right. it, yeah, it's 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 a tough to come back from that. Um, so for me, it's just both the under and the underdogs uh, straight up straight up in this game of three and zero this season. And there's enough football, so. 
Um, I'm not as confident in the the dog this week, although I th- I do think Philly can win. Uh, mm. I think they can win, but I think the line's about right. But I like the under. Under 46 looks to be uh, the play there. But we'll recap that a little bit later on with Nick um, and talk some Eagles because if they are 1-3, and three, he'll need some counselling. Um, okay, <laughs> Carolina at Houston is our first game here um, in week four that we will preview. Houston are four-point favourites at home. The total is 47-and-a-half. Uh, my question is, is Kyle Allen for real? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but Carolina's roster is. Um, I think they're, they're a good roster and that's why we were high on them, James, before the season started yeah. and we're expecting big things. We didn't, we didn't expect, we, we, we had some concerns about Carolina, obviously, because Cam's shoulder throughout the offseason, but it's, it seems to be a foot injury that's sort of flared up from the preseason again. That seems to be the problem. So, you know, kind of a bit of a random injury, that one. Um, but they are number six in pass defense, DVOA, and they boast an expense, uh, explosive pass rush that can, you know, get after the quarterback. But for me, the big thing for Houston last week is their O-line showed big improvement, um, especially in the second half down the stretch against Bosa and Ingram. Um, and for me, that's enough to be in a void. Um, if they didn't play well last week, I probably would take Carolina plus four here. I don't think Houston's home field advantage is all that much. Um, but it's likely an avoid for me. I did like the over at 46, but now that it's 47 and a half over that key number, um, of 47, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pass, um, on this game entirely. But, um, Deshaun Watson's playing out of his skin right now. I think in my ratings now, I think he's like close to being the second rated quarterback just because he overcomes so much and, and he kind of bails Bill O'Brien and this O-line out just way too many times. I love the Carolina response last week to hang 38 on Arizona. Um, yep. And like, like you touched on with that, with that roster, to have North Turner sort of with those pieces in place, be it DJ Moore, Greg Olsen returning. Um, yeah. It sort of was a, it was a really good response. The defense is really holding up too. They've got a real start in Brian Burns, six yeah. quarter back hits on the season and a couple of sacks and the DVOA at night from the competition for defense. Yep. The roster's good, you know, then there could still be a path there to the playoffs. It would obviously be contingent on winning this game and getting back to two and two. Yeah. And and as you said, I, I still I still don't trust that Houston line, yep. offensive line, and it, it requires the Sean Watson to do so much. And I like that that he's he's elevated to that standing on your ratings, Josh, because he's an absolute freak. Yeah. Yeah. Really like it. I'm still not buying the Houston defense at all. I mean, Whitney no. Merciless is is definitely stepped up in Jadavian Clowney's absence, but I don't know whether he can sustain that over a season. Um, you know, he did a couple of seasons ago, but he was the third guy there. So he was facing single teams and, and sometimes unblocked to get a lot of those sacks. So he's not going to face that a lot for the rest of the season. So I'm not sure about that. Um, JJ Watt looked to, to return a little bit last week as well and make some plays, which is promising, but their secondary still concerns me a lot. So, I mean, if Kyle Allen is for real, why can't Carolina win this game? So, you know, it's not entirely out of the question here. Um, I agree. I think these are two similarly rated teams. If Cam Newton can bounce back and and actually be Cam Newton again as well, I do think this team can still sneak into the playoffs despite being yeah. behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, I think their schedule, you know, gets a little bit easier. I'm trying to check check that now, but uh, no, it actually does not. Um, they've got a hard schedule, so it's going to be hard for them to, to mount, but this is a game they have to win if they if they want to uh, sort of keep alive, with, especially with San Fran in Seattle and, and, and some of those other teams in the NFC doing so well. Um, all right, let's move on. Cleveland at Baltimore. Baltimore seven-point favorites at home. 45 is the total. Uh, I have this 
the Ravens by about eight and a half. So I'm pretty much all over this if this line dips under seven, and I think it has a good chance. I think the minus seven's pretty juiced at the moment. I haven't actually refreshed the lines from last night, so it could actually already be under. Yep, it's under six and a half at the moment now. So, um, yeah, I'm on Baltimore minus six and a half here. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson um, gets back into his groove last week after playing on the road against Kansas City. It's hard going into Kansas City. I think it's a mindset thing. You know Mahomes and Reed are going to put up points, so you feel like you have to keep taking shots deep, and it didn't quite work for Lamar Jackson last week. Um, and it just didn't quite work for the Ravens. But I did like John Harbaugh's aggressive nature and, and going for two-point conversions, and I think he's just going to thoroughly out-coach uh, Freddie Kitchens, who decided to run a draw on fourth and nine, <laughs> which I've so never bad. seen ever in my life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this is a great spot. Cleveland offense is in an absolute world of hurt. They're 28th in DVOA. Although Mayfield's pass rating is good when he has le- when he throws the ball with uh, less than two and a half in under two and a half seconds, um, so that could be an avenue for them against the leaky Ravens secondary that's missing some starters, um, and the Ravens like to blitz. But if he holds the ball longer than two and a half seconds, the Ravens are going to get lots of pressure, lots of sacks, and get the job done. But I think uh, I think both I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens will will have a little bit more success against the the Cleveland defense than Jared Goff, who's looked a little bit underwhelming on the road this year, um, especially now at home for the Ravens. So I'm taking them minus six and a half. Yeah, I missed out on the Browns last week. I know you and Nick were really keen on the Rams beating them uh, last it was week a, and covering it was a that lucky, line. It was a lucky cover. But, like I, I'm not proud of that that win, but I'll take it. <laughs> but you take it. But and, yeah. the, and the thing is, you know, the the Browns. I know we're really disappointed in what they've delivered so far this season. But you know, nine or ten yards away from forcing overtime against arguably the second best team in the competition. Yep. I know there's they're still in their tatters. The offensive line is, is a shambles at the moment. But I just wonder if talent can is talent getting them this far? Is talent keeping them in these games? You know, it was the talent that shone through against the Jets. I know the Jets are horrible, but they blew them to pieces yep. with the likes of OBJ stepping up hundred plus yards and. And I just, I, you know, that's well, if it isn't, it's into six and a half now. I think that the value's gone from from a Cleveland perspective. But a seven and a half or an eight and a half, there was something there for me for the Browns. But yep. yeah, yeah, Ravens look fantastic this season as well. You can see them potentially contesting ASC championship, like you sort of had forecasted yourself in the preseason, Josh. And they're running away with that ASC North now as well, which was a good futures bet. Yep. Yeah, and I think what is it? Is there still a dollar fifty-seven or something? Dollar sixty or something? They win this game, then they're, they're well out in front because yeah, Cincinnati and the, and the Steelers are going to like if Cincinnati get a win and steal like someone between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh starting zero and four here. So you know well, it's yeah. it's it's going to be a length of the straight here if, mm. if Baltimore can beat Cle- Cleveland because that puts them sort of three. Two and a half games at least in front. So, um, which is, I know it's a long season, but it's, it's not really a long season, but it is 16 weeks and you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But like, that's a big hurdle to overcome if you're the rest of those teams in, in that division. And it's also not that long to wait. I know a lot of people balk at futures investments, but you know, yeah. if you could take a dollar fifty, dollar sixty on a lock like Baltimore winning that division, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just, you know. Value is value. I mean, that's right. You that's get exactly your money, right. you get your money. Like, that's right. Be patient. That's um, right. all right. Chargers minus 16 and a half on the road at Miami. The total is 44 and a half. So my ratings, I like the Dolphins plus here, but I have one rule this season. Don't bet on the Dolphins no matter what. So I am not going to bet on this at all. Um, I think the Chargers, 
I think the, it's weird. The Chargers are struggling right now, but their offense is still humming, still doing great things. And I feel like they've just been a little bit unlucky in games. They've had missed field goals. And I mean, they probably should have lost to the Colts as, as well, but like they should have eaten the Lions. They probably should have eaten the Texans last week. Um, their offense is still, is still very, very good. It's an eighth rated offense in DVOA. Um, Keenan Allen's absolutely killing it. Eckler's killing it. Now they're going to get Melvin Gordon back from next week. So I do think that they'll win this game, but I mean, 16 and a half is a lot for the Chargers given their tendency to blow games. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to bet on them no matter what. The, the Dolphins. I think it's really interesting you mentioned your ratings there on the Dolphins. I was listening to Rufus Peabody a couple of days ago yep. talking about how much that sort of Miami is challenging his model this year because we're talking about a, a team in utter tank mode. Yeah. Um, contrasted with the idea that these are still professional footballers who have still got something to play for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, from a, from a modelling perspective, I can understand the headaches they're causing because you see 16 and a half or you see 20 plus yep. against the, the Patriots and, and, you know, it, it, it represents value. Interestingly enough, the Stats Insider model is also leaning towards the Dolphins this week as well as an unders play. So, okay. yeah, it's it seems as... Yeah. Agreement across the board. But again, you put, you're putting money on a tremendously poor team, yeah. which is not, oh, you know, it's, it's not, not something. Yeah. It's not fun. I mean, they probably should have covered last week. I mean, there was a, Rosen got robbed of two touchdowns. I mean, it was, one of them was like he, and all but caught it. Like it was just like, it honestly looked like purposely tanking. Like he'd caught the ball and then just threw it out <laughs> of his hands. Like Preston Williams, come on, buddy. Um, you're better than that. I know you are. Um, but yeah, it is, it is interesting. Uh, I mean, if Rufus, if the great Rufus Peabody is kind of, you know, not struggling, but, um, talking about how to approach this and, and, and is questioning the Dolphins and things like that, then, you know, he's the best of the best when it comes to sports betting and modeling and things like that. So it is kind of, it is an interesting case study as the season goes on and what, what Miami do. Um, still 0 yeah. 3 against the spread though. Um, so. It's hard. Like eventually, they're going to have to cover as this as these lines get higher and higher, and then it, and then you start to question, you know, how high is too high, and then you start taking them. So, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. It's hard. All right, Oakland at Indy. Uh, Colts minus seven. Total is forty nine. What are your thoughts on this game? I like the Colts as a franchise. I love the job Chris Ballard's done, and I can see them making the playoffs and potentially even winning that division in spite of the luck injury. I think there are seven to eight. Bucks for that division when the luck injury first happened. Yep. We know the AFC isn't, you know, an unbelievable collection of teams. That the defense is concerning me. The, the DVOA is out to 28th in the competition now. Um, only the Giants, Miami, and the Saints are giving up, and Oakland are giving up more yards per play. Yeah, I, I, it, that is a concern. But have you noticed that they're not that their opponents aren't having too many drives though? So like they are giving up yards per play, but the Falcons only had six possessions against us because we're we're keeping the ball a lot on offense and slowing down opponents' yeah. scoring opportunities, which I think is so. The yards per play is misleading and it is concerning, but like overall, it's not as bad as 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 I think. Or am I just Colts glasses on? I don't know. No, no, no. As I said, there's there's a yeah. lot to like about the Colts because yeah. this is this is this is what it's all about when you you know diversify your roster and you have so much depth. Yep. It just gives you so many more options to play with. However, at the same time, the Malik Hooker injury really concerns me as well. Yeah, like, he's been playing great. Yeah, and you know this is a first round safety, a lot top what fourteen pick in the draft that year as well. Yeah. Um, that you just don't want taken out of that team. Um. 
So this is a really tough game for me. I'm thinking more from a long-term perspective here, whether, you know, a, a potential playoff price for the Colts is, is, is worth it with, is worth the play. And obviously it's going to be contingent on winning a game like this at home against a tremendously bad Oakland team. So. Yeah, they're dollar ninety six to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, or do- yeah. around two dollars basically if you shop around. Um, yeah, I'd- and then the AFC is probably we- is weaker than the NFC as well, so there could be a path at a nine ten win. You know, yeah, I think outside of New England, Kansas City, and Baltimore, the the AFC is just wide open at this point. Um, yeah, looking for that fourth, fifth, and sixth team. So, yeah. um, I mean, they could absolutely win the division. I mean, all they need to do is beat the Texans in games, and and they're fine. And they've got a great record. And a great history of beating the Texans. Even, even the season when we didn't have Peyton Manning and we had a clown car of quarterbacks, we still beat the Texans <laughs> in a game. So, um, this has dropped now to six and a half. So I'm, I'm chips in Colts six and a half here. They've looked fine with Brissett. They're ranking fifth in points scored per drive, despite being 26th in average starting position on offense. The Raiders, yeah, they beat a bad Broncos team at home that, but they look pretty awful otherwise. Um, and their defense ranks 29th in points allowed per drive and 30th in net yards per pass attempt. So you've got the six-rated DVOA offense against the 29th mm. DVOA defense, and you've got the Colts at home. Um, I am a little bit consco- concerned about our run defense. So I know you're right about our uh, yards per play and, and, and that type of stuff, and, and without Malik Hooker, J- Josh Jacobs could spoil the party here and, 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 and play well. Like, we actually... Ren Devontae Freeman back into form last week. Um, so that is, and, and that Jacob, is a concern. Yeah. And Jacobs has been down the last couple of weeks after a really great sort of first up display against the Broncos, couple yeah. of touchdowns, 100 yards or whatever it was. Yeah. Total yards. So yeah, we'll see. And it's cause it's a massive, you know, they took a big, I don't know if it was a risk, but you know, first round running backs are the theme of the day these days no. in the draft, unless you say Corn Barkley. So they've, they've invested a lot in him when there were so many holes around the roster. Yep. Um, yeah, massive call, but we'll see if he can run back into some form. Yeah, if you don't like the Colts minus six and a half, then maybe Josh Jacobs sort of overs or mm. anytime touchdown scorer could be a way to go for you. I, the Colts run defense is very shaky. Um, and we still don't know the status of uh, Darius Leonard. Um, he's been out with a concussion for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, if he's not playing especially, then that's a chance. But, you know, if, if, they can get Leonard back. I do think they can improve on that defensive DVOA rating. He's yep. been out in the last couple of weeks, and his first game of the year, he, he admitted, was his worst as a pro. So I do think that he's just too classy not to play that bad continually, yep. and he helps that defense so, so much. Um, all right, Washington at the Giants. The Giants are two-and-a-half-point favorites here. The total is 49. Uh, can Denny Dimes do it again? Um, yeah, this is, this is a tough call. I mean... From 18-point deficit on the road against Tampa, now back at home against the winless Washington team, you'd think so straight away. But, I mean, as much as Washington let me down last week, this is a much easier task for them. And, and overlooked in that Denny Dimes hysteria is the Giants' defense. That's 31st in NFL opponent yards per play. Um, so I'm probably going to avoid this because I do think that Case Keenum, I know he played pretty bad last week, but... I mean, in that, that first pick six, if the play before Jeremy Sprinkle catches a pass on his chest, you know, Washington are driving in the Bears' territory at nil-nil. Um, and then, you know, the fumble, yeah, that was a freakish thing. And then the second interception, yeah, that was a bad throw. But, I mean, that first pick six could have been avoided the play before if if Sprinkle just catches a, a routine pass there from Keenum. And, and despite how bad they played, Keenum, you know, wasn't too bad the first couple of weeks. We touched on this last week that they're actually kind of 
fifth or sixth or in the top ten in passing DVOA. Um, so I do think that this is a, a great matchup for for the Washington offense. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid this. I did like the over earlier, but this total's gone up way too high now for me to to like this. Um, and then the Giants they're gonna be without Saquon Barkley, so you know it's a very one dimensional attack here. I mean Wayne Gorman's not beating you through the middle. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm expecting a game from, big game from F1. Um, that's Terry McLaren. Um, I don't like Scary Terry as the nickname. It's terrible. I think F1's a much better name. Um, and PFF has that as a 35% edge in his favor in the matchup against uh, Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins. How the mighty have fallen. Um, nice. so nice I, I'll touch on my little, uh, F1 play, um, later on in, in the show with my long shot. But yeah, how do you find this game? Yeah, this is the sort of poop fest of the week. Two absolutely terrible teams. <laughs> I would sort of lean, I think, Moneyline Giants in this game only because if we're going to pick on the Giants' defense, which is absolutely sort of understandable, we've got Washington conceding a league-high 79% pass completion to opposition quarterbacks, yeah. sort of representing an absolute lack of athleticism or brains or, or drive or anything <laughs> happening there, as well as the third-highest uh, opposition quarterback rating too, yep. which I guess they correlate with each other. But you've got this situation that it's a it's a picnic for opposition quarterbacks to do whatever you want, and that is the perfect situation. Or to put another gentle sort of assignment for Danny Dimes to walk into yeah, exactly. as he's easing into NFL life. But I think I you know we want to go to the hyperbole route and sort of suggest that uh, a team or a franchise needs a makeover. Washington seriously needs a mm. massive makeover I, at every level. I think moving to Canada. Move them to Canada. I, 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 well, <laughs> you sort of think, is it, you know, is, there a, is it sort of a Dabo Sweeney situation or is it a bring Nick Saban in? I don't, I don't know. I, I think they need to make some tremendous changes. Mike Lombardi's been talking about this for years. Yeah. Washington sort of talking about the weakest culture in the, in the league, yeah. poor ownership, continually sort of, uh, muddled GM situation. Yeah. Oh, they're, One playoff, they're, they're, they're there's horrible. mess on top of mess on top of mess. I mean, the whole quarterback salary cap situation's a mess as well. I mean, well, Haskins yeah. is there. He fell to them, but they refused he to did. play him. Um, I thought we might have seen him in the second half. Cause look, yeah, Keenan was, Keenan's been fine the first couple of weeks, but then he, he was pretty awful in that first half. But I did touch on that, 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 you know, that he could have avoided that first pick six very easily. Um, that was kind of out of his hands a little bit, literally. Um, so, you know, it's just, yeah, it's hard to really back them with confidence here. Um, and, you know, Denny Dimes did, you know, like Tampa Bay's defense is, is quite high. I mean, their past defense is, uh, 13th in DVOA and now Washington, they're, they're 27th in DVOA. So the job gets a little bit easier for him mm. through the air. I mean, Evan Ingram, um, is just such a great mismatch for, for him and a great weapon. So. Uh, yeah, this is an avoid, but uh, I might I might end up revisiting that total after you just um, explain that to me. I mean, if if Dimes has that, you know, such a high completion percentage, and, and Case Keenan will be able to move the ball with ease, this this could be a bit of a shootout. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kansas City minus six and a half on the road at Detroit. Total is fifty three and a half. Um, as tempting as it is to take Pat Mahomes on a on on a dome indoors on that fast track, I'm going to avoid this one. Um, I have the Chiefs around five point favorites here. I'm still not buying the Lions enough to take them at the plus, um, six and a half or even the plus seven. Maybe seven and a half would tempt me, but I doubt it's ever going to get back there. Um, but their wins have been very flawed so far. I feel like they've benefited a lot from, um, some scheduling and, and some 
it's other teams making mistakes more than anything. Missed kicks, touchdowns taken back, that sort of thing. Um, and I think, um, this week's DVOA ratings, uh, Aaron Schatz touched on it when he, he adjusts for schedule that the, the, uh, the Bills and the Lions, um, like the Detroit would fall from 11th to 12th or then down to 17th if you, if you had them just facing the NFL average opponent. So, uh, I think they're a little bit overrated, but I still, still can't, uh, take the Chiefs enough just because, it is on the road, and, and Detroit have the ability and have Matt Stafford's playing great. I think he can, you know, cut through that Cincinnati, uh, sorry, Kansas City defense. So uh, this is an avoid for me. I still think at the same time, two and one, we shouldn't gloss over that for Detroit. They're, you know, they've struggled so much in yep. recent years, and we give Patricia so much sort of garbage for his game time decisions and his clock management and all those strategic elements of that you need from a head coach. However, this is a top 10 DVOA unit. Eight different guys have registered at least a quarterback hit for the team on the season. And only the Pats have a better opposition quarterback pass percentage. So I guess that sort of use athleticism is sort of coming through again there. Um, Yeah, I I won't be playing Detroit against the Chiefs at home, but I think we get these little moments to just give them a little love. It might not happen again this year for Detroit. So Um, why why they've got that 2-1 mark. Yeah. Give, give him a bit of a cuddle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two zero and one. Still haven't lost. So, uh, you know. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I still there have a go. sour ta- taste in my mouth from week one. Maybe that's kind of blinding me a little bit where they completely blew, uh, that game against the Cardinals and I was on the minus and the under and it going to overtime just ruined everything. Um, so yeah, Kansas City, you know, it, their defense has played a lot better. I think that's been overlooked, but. Uh, boy, oh boy, Mahomes has been great. He's just, you know, they just turn it on on a whim and just, uh, it seems, yeah. I, I like the first half over. I think this could be a little bit of a points fest early on and then maybe it starts to slow down. I've, I don't know if you've noticed that with Chiefs games where they score a lot of their points in the first quarter or second quarter and then it just kind of, yeah, there's this explosion. Just, yeah. And they just put the tail in the rack and just run it out and just sort of smother teams to death, um, in the second half. So that could be an option there if you want to go a little bit more exotic. Two weeks ago, Mahomes was six dollars to win the MVP. Yeah. Um, not long ago at all, so his board is into two dollars fifty now, two dollars yeah. seventy-five. So, yeah, boy, yeah, let's wait for one bad game and then hopefully get it out over three bucks, and then I might uh, might reload again. I, he's a special, yeah. special player. I mean, he's, he's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's how, a wonderful thing. How lucky are we to be alive during the uh, Pat, when Pat Mahomes and Steve Smith just uh, the cricket player roamed the earth? It's, uh, it's what a time to be alive. Uh, New England minus seven and a half at Buffalo. Uh, the total is 42 and a half. This is, uh, I don't know, dare I say the game of the week. Two undefeated teams going head to head to seize control of the division. Um, this is, I touched on this earlier. So New England's last three opponents are currently 0 and 9 and Buffalo's last three opponents are 1 and 8. So something's got to give here. Um, mm. I, while I love what Buffalo is doing and we've, we've praised them each week. Um, I, I do think they are an over, uh, overrated a little bit now, and they've benefited from that from that early season schedule. Um, I mean, I don't like them letting Cincinnati get back in that game, and Cincinnati had a chance to win that game as well, driving late. I mean, Buffalo's defense came up with a play like it always does, but, uh, you know, I didn't like them against the spread last week, and I took Cincinnati to cover. It was an ugly play, and I didn't like it for most of the game, but... Um, you know, giving giving up 14 points to to a Cincinnati offense, I think the Pats should be able to 
to score sort of 20, 24 points here, and then that that's probably going to be enough here to win this game. So I, I just don't know where Buffalo are going to score a lot of points. Josh Allen's been great, but this New England defense, they haven't allowed a touchdown since the AFC Championship game. It, it's quite <laughs> phenomenal, really. Like Everyone wants to talk about Tom Brady and everything, but this Belichick defense, it's it's unbelievable how good they're how good they are. And they're both a lot better on defense these teams than they are on offense. Um and I think just about any category you find that uh the Pats are first in defense and the Bills are top three. So I I really like the under forty two and a half here. I could see sort of like a twenty four ten scenario or, or something like that here. I guess we could yeah, we could go on forever in terms of how wonderful Belichick and the Patriots are and I think there's still value to be honest in terms of the AFC championship yep. at about two fifty. But I think the really hard part here is having the chutzpah to sort of identify when the Pats are gonna have their customary sort of September spew up because it does happen every year where we kind of like, oh my God, where did that come from when they're apparently still in preseason mode? I know the results wouldn't suggest that so far, but they do happen. They absolutely do happen every year. So whether it's going to happen this week against Buffalo, that remains to be seen. Interestingly, the Stats Insider model is liking Buffalo money line and liking them at the points as well. So. Yeah, something, something in, in that, obviously. And just thinking as well from a futures angle, Bills a dollar forty or something to make the playoffs, two fifty to not make the playoffs. Jeez. Um, yeah, you sort of see that two fifty and think, oh God, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Uh, you, sort, you wouldn't obviously be going that hard. I love the Bills. I absolutely yeah, do. Dollar forty five on Buffalo to yeah, make the playoffs. Right. No thanks. Right. I just sort of vomit. That's oh. it. But whether it's you know whether it's enough to make you say, yeah. hey, that two fifty, let's go. I don't know. I yeah, exactly. I mean, the, it just depends on the schedule going down the stretch. They do have a pretty easy schedule. So based on the Football Outsiders rest of season schedule, uh, 32 being the easiest, the Jets have the easiest schedule. Um, Buffalo are 23. So, you know, mm. it's, so it's not that, not that out of reach, but the Chargers, um, they're at 29 as well. And they're like kind of just overlooked, I think is, is well. I feel like they could come home strong and, and sneak into the playoffs. So. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to take the Buffalo at that price, but, um, you're right. I do think New England could have this, their, their September game. And if they do and they lose this game and everyone and the whole world overreacts, I think that's the perfect time to jump on and yes. take Patriots futures stuff and, and get, but get more bang for your buck because, yep. um, they're just probably just sussing them out. And then when they play them at home, they'll just gutter stomp them and, and win by like 20. So. Yeah, but I'm keen to see this. I, 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 Josh Allen's going to struggle, I think. I think Belichick will just put a spy on him, and 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 so that's sorry, not not uh, off the field. That's terrible. But like you know, the, the linebacker having a linebacker spy him and just sure. follow him around the field to eliminate his legs and mobility and things like that. <laughs> Any other team in the world where I say put a spy on him, no one laughs. But with with New England, you get that. Uh, yeah. That attachment. Um, that was not a, many people who have listened to me for years would think that was a pun intended <laughs> I did. A jab I did, at, I at did. New England and it genuinely was not. Um, anyway. Is a jab, is a jab a, a, a go as well? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. With a, with a, with some, uh, you know, TB, Alex Guerrero. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Maybe. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that, we, we could open the Pandora's we box could. of New England right up. Yeah, we could. We could. Um, but, uh, still, that, that would I be deflated. I still, <laughs> very clever. I still prefer to believe in the fairy tale of how 
phenomenally magic they are as a franchise. <laughs> I really do, though. I mean, they, they are You're incredible. a father. That's why you believe in fairy tales. I'm, I have no kids. Fairy <laughs> tales aren't real. I'm a gambler. I pay the bills. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right, Tennessee at Atlanta. Atlanta minus four. The total is 45. Yeah, my, my numbers here have the Titans plus four as a play here, but I've absolutely zero confidence or feel for both these franchises yeah. right now. Uh, it seems to be Jekyll and Hyde from from them every single week. Um, the last two weeks of Tennessee have been very much uh, Jekyll after their great week one performance. But, I mean, I don't know if Atlanta have the pass rush to really try, uh, like punish Mariota like Saxonville did last week. Um, but Tennessee have had a lot of extra time to prepare for this after Thursday night football. Um, but, yeah, I just can't get a, a feel for either of these teams in this game. So I am going to pass this game and uh, leave it be. But I just want to mention, Matt Ryan's still playing well. I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, yeah, he threw an ugly pick last week, but the guy's still putting up quarterback ratings in the 120s every week, and they seem to you know, seem to still lose it because, I don't know, I just I don't know if Dan Quinn's a good coach, which is annoying because he should have won a Super Bowl. Um, but I just don't know. I, there seems see some bad juju coming out of Atlanta over the last sort of... Ever since they lost that Super Bowl, I guess. It's, I don't know. It's... <sighs> Atlanta. Lost the words. Well, it was an un- uninspired sort of hire in terms of Dirk Cutter coming in and running the offense. And what Matt Ryan is, though, up to seven interceptions on the season, which, you know, will extrapolate over potentially a 30-plus interception season. Obviously, it's not going to get that bad. But yep. these two teams, I agree, Josh, in terms of from a futures perspective as well, from like these were two I really liked. I really liked Tennessee preseason. And I certainly liked uh, Atlanta when the the – the Drew Brees injury came through and I thought, okay, here's a real opening here. And $4 as well to win that division. And then they just go and, you know, there's a, as a, they were behind all day against Indianapolis and yeah. sort of slight little revival, but it was never going to happen. The complexing, my complexing stat of the week concerns Mariota with the Tennessee Titans. Hasn't thrown a interception, an interception all year. Quarterback rating of 99.3 yet has looked decidedly underwhelming. Yeah. And this is in a little area where stats can sort of tell a little bit of a different yeah. story because of how conservative, conservative he is as a player. 99 quarterback rating. Yeah. Marcus Mariota. Like, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> that's why I don't, that's why I don't mind Matt. Like, I, I think interception, in, the, the juju or the stigma around interceptions, I think is way too high. Like, I just, I don't think interceptions are that bad. Like, some of the best passes are interceptions. I mean, like, when you're threading the needle down the field, it's a touchdown or it's an interception. And some some of these, like, I don't think all interceptions are equal, I think, is probably the avenue I'm going there. Like, sure, you might not throw an interception, but if you're throwing it, like, three yards in the air every every time, like, sure, like, that's fine. You can dink and dunk your way to success, but... I mean, like, give me the quarterback taking shots down the field and, and can make all the throws and that may occasionally throw an interception. I, I'd rather that. Well, I guess that's where interception rate can play a much bigger role in terms of, yeah. especially in a more sort of pass-orientated league. Yeah. And something like Atlanta, they're getting nothing at all from their running game. So obviously Matt Ryan is throwing it a hell of a lot more. Oh, Contrast yeah. that with Kirk, Kirk Cousins in terms of this is a, yeah. he's throwing red zone interceptions. Exactly. And it's a team who isn't passing the ball. Yeah. So, and again, you can also even con- uh, you can also filter that in with contracts as well. But don't get me started on Kirk Cousins' contract. I do think red zone interceptions are not created equally. I mean, I'm, I guess there's different plays. I mean, if you're fourth down and you've got to go for it with the game on the line and you've got to, you've got to throw a pass. But um, yep. some, yeah, some are just, yeah, I think red zone interceptions, especially with Kirk Cousins, is, is an issue. Um, but yeah, I just, 
I just don't know about this game. I feel like it's just, I feel like it's, this is loser goes home. It sounds crazy at week four, but I mean, if Tennessee dropped to one and three, especially with the Colts and Texans expected to win this week, I mean, they're getting further and further behind here. Um, with a, with a really good roster where something's got to give with Mariota. Maybe it's time to, to, to move on. Yeah, one, the loser goes to one and three in this game, and it's curtains on the season. There's no, there's, I, I could not see a path back for either of these teams if, if they were to lose this. Yep. Okay, let's move on. Tampa Bay at uh, LA Rams. The line is ten. I'm just going to double check that because a lot of lines are moving around here. Forty nine and a half is the total. It's a big line. Um, it's now flat nine. Um, so that's dropped big time. I, I feel like a lot of people are on the Tampa Bay. Minus nine. I don't know if that's pros or Joes or both, um, but I'm going. I'm going the uh, other way here. I, I I don't hate taking lines this big, but especially after how poor the Rams' offense has looked, especially in prime time last week. But I feel like the Rams are kind of like the Pats, where they're just kind of cruising here, getting through some wins on the board, and then it's all going to click into gear. And I think this is probably the game they click into gear. I think Goff's much stronger at home. I think they get the job done here. I really like the the O line matchup here for the Rams. Uh, sorry, the D line matchup against the Bucks O line here. I think it's a, it's a massive mis- mismatch here with with Donald and, and Dante Fowler in career form, um, r- rushing uh, rushing the edge there. I, I think I think this is a, a chance here for for the Rams to kind of make a statement and say we're not going away like you thought we were going to regress. Um, this is the time, and I think. While the Tampa Bay defense, the, the Todd Bowles defense is playing really, really well. I think, uh, you know, Denny Dimes kind of tore them, tore them a little bit last week. And I think they are exploitable, especially in that secondary. I think, uh, Cooper Cup and, and Jared Goff have a big game. Yeah. I really like that point about sort of Rams being at cruising speed at the moment. Um, we, we sort of, we fall in love with the Sean McVay offense and its multi-dimensionality and everything like that. And what, all, all the sort of um, activity at the line and all the, the sort of routes that they're able to run. Yet the standout number for me is the DVO, defensive DVO number is at, is at fourth in the league at the moment. And that's with Aaron Donald with just one sack and three quarterback hits on the season. Yeah. So it's obviously nothing. That's downright scary that you've got a fourth-ranked defensive unit and they're phenomenal pass rusher and basically, you know, their perennial all-pro hasn't delivered yet. That's a scary thought for the rest of the rest of the uh, competition. Another stat that really stood out is they've given a grand total of pass plays through the year, four pass plays on the season over 20 yards. Okay. There's this leaking nothing whatsoever. And the second best in the league is the Patriots, and they've given up seven. Mm. So it's twice as good in terms of suppressing big, big plays. Um, that's really impressive for does, me as does well. Does Jameis Winston have the patience enough to... to sort of pick apart the intermediate and short range because he loves to go deep. So that's, you know, that's the thing that I love going aggressive down the field in this Arians offense. So is that is that going to be a struggle for them? Well, I think Wade Phillips is going to have any answers to, to whatever Jamison Winston is throwing up at the moment. Like yeah. this is, yeah, that's a... a that's not a good matchup at all. We're talking that this that quarterback situation in Tampa is already messy, and I don't yeah. I don't see how it's going to get resolved. And yeah. I just was hoping for something a lot better for Arians this year. I really like the guy. Yeah, um, mm. I think I think the under is interesting in this as well. Both teams rank in the twenties on offense, even though I think the Rams that the the rankings just a bit. I think they'll click into gear, but yeah, they're 14th and third in, in DVOA defense. I think they're both better on defense at the moment than they are on offense. So I do think 
the under is kind of unconventional for me to like a minus nine and an under, but I could see kind of like a, like a, yeah, I just don't know how many points the, the Bucks have in them here against this Rams defense. I think the Rams defense is playing really well. And I, yeah, I just I think this is the time that Goff and, and remember the, the, the Rams didn't really have a preseason. They don't really play starters in preseason. So I feel like this is, they're three weeks out now. I think they start to diversify on offense and 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 be a little bit more uh, aggressive with their plays. I feel like they've run a lot out of eleven personnel. I think they're going to start to mix it up now because they need to uh, they need to get a little bit because teams have been watching how the how the Pats played them in the Super Bowl and and how to line up against them. So they need to and McVay knows this, so he he'll he'll click into gear. Yeah, Rams win, but pass on the line, though, for me. Pass on the line. Yeah, now that it's nine, I'm tempted. I'm very tempted. I'm not making it a, an official play, but I'll, I'll think about it over the weekend. Um, Seattle minus five, only because my numbers have it 10 plus, so I think getting under that 10 is important. Um, Seattle minus five at Arizona. The total is 48 here. I think this line's spot on, but I also think this line would be much closer to a touchdown if Seattle won last week, and they found ways to lose, multiple ways to lose last week. Um, so it was, it was a weird game for Seattle at home last week and Arizona have been an absolute sieve on pass defense. I think this is a great spot for Russell Wilson. I think Will Disley, uh, has a great yeah. game as well. Um, and yeah, I think this is a pass for me, but I can see Seattle getting back on track here and, and, and in, in a big way. I think this is a big Russell Wilson game. Um, you know, this is a, an MVP like game from Russell Wilson. Yeah. The Russell Wilson isn't, isn't the problem for me, obviously with no. Seattle. The problem is the defense. Um, Bobby Wagner and Jadavion Clowney have combined for one quarterback hit on the season and one sack. That's a nightmare. This is so removed from the way we sort of have known Seattle over the years. I know there's a more of an emphasis on offense and I know they're sort of a bit hamstrung because of that Wilson contract, yep. but the defense has been absolutely abysmal so far. Blown out of the sort of, they were never in that, as you said, it was a really weird sort of game against Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints um, last weekend. It's a concern because the Seattle are a team like I've touched on a lot that I really like from a long-term perspective. Still $2.30 to make the playoffs. I assume they win this. And then we get set up for next Thursday night football against the Rams, bringing the Rams into Seattle. So there's actually a path there for four and one for Seattle. You can actually see it happening. Yep. But it, it won't be happening if that defense stays like that. That's that's terrible. Yeah, I, th- I, I agree. Um, but, man, they, they just found way. Like fumble recovery, touchdown, Punt return touchdown and that was it. They just found themselves in a hole early and Pete Carroll admitted that they made a lot of different mistakes, um, on coaching. I mean, the guy took a football to the nose, um, 20 minutes before the game started and it was stitched up. So their coach was a bit out of, maybe out of concussion. Who does? Um, where do your ratings, Josh, just incidentally, where do your ratings have, uh, Russell Wilson in terms of quarterbacks? Like I know you said you had the strong ones at second. Yeah, I think, I think they're equal second. Um, let okay. Me, let yeah. me have a quick squeeze here. I can let you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, my QB ratings, I have, uh, Mahomes clearly number one and there's a massive gap to, to, uh, three guys pretty much on the same, uh, four guys pretty much on the same rating. And that's, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, mm. Aaron Rodgers was second to start the season, but he hasn't play, been playing that great, so I've moved him down. Actually, sorry, Deshaun Watson is a little bit ahead of all those other guys, so I've Deshaun just slightly ahead of Russ. Um, so 
yeah, it, it is the top three is pretty much, yeah, is Mahomes, Russ, and uh, Deshaun Watson at this point. No, it's great to see Wilson up there. Like, I, yeah. I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. Yeah, so am yeah. I. And people think, oh, Colts fans don't like Russell Wilson. I, mean, I, I, I like him as a quarterback. I just have my doubts about him as a person. Just, I think he's a robot. Um, yeah. On, on just every cliche on earth. I mean, he's lightened up a little bit um, this offseason. He's been playing video games with that Cable Thanos guy, which has been pretty funny, actually. So maybe he's changed. I don't know. I'm, I'm on Team Wilson. I think most sort of elite athletes are sort of, I don't look for much. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Show me you're human a little bit. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Come on, mate. True, true. Um, I forgot to mention as well earlier, Bruce Arians taking a, uh, intentional delay of game to move the kick back because he thought his kicker liked it from further. <laughs> is that the dumbest thing? I love Bruce Arians, but that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It just. Oh, yeah, very anyway. strange. All right, let's move on. Jacksonville at Denver. Denver minus three and a half. The total is 39. Low total. The availability of Jalen Ramsey is the big question mark surrounding this one. Looks highly unlikely that he will play, which kind of changes things massively because it means that they can't kind of lock down the, the corridors outside there with Boye and, and Ramsey. Um, so it gives gives the, the opponents a little bit more of an avenue down the field to take on take on the Jaguars. Their safety situation isn't great, but man, boy, oh boy, Saxonville is back, though. They lead the NFL in adjusted sack rate percentage, and the Denver O-line, they rank 26 in pass protection by football outsiders, and they have a statue at quarterback in Joe Flacco. This line's gone to three and a half now. I like the Jaguars, even on the road. Um, Denver do have a great home field advantage, and one of the best in the league, um, but I, I don't think, even though I don't think Denver are that bad, I think Jack- Jacksonville um, are still a quite a bit underrated as well. Um, I think they're, I think they're a chance to win this outright. Um, and I'm not sure what's going to happen with, man, Denver, they, they've got to start getting hits on the quarterback. I think they have two QB hits on the season, less still than Miami. They're last in QB hits with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb on their defense. I thought Vic Fangio was supposed to be good. What's going on here? But I have this as a genuine pick em game. Yeah, I think Denver have only produced one sack in the season. I don't think they've had a turnover yeah. either. Um, defense. Number 22 overall DVOA. Offense, number 23 overall DVOA. I think speaks yeah, yeah. perfectly to the situation in Denver right now. Yeah. Um, Flacco remains an absolute nightmare at quarterback. It's, it was a stupefying decision preseason to, to bring him in and bring him on the, on that money as well. Although I didn't think he was the problem last week, like against the Packers. I didn't think he was, like, I, I hate, like, I don't hate Flacco, but I, I despise the decision, but I didn't think he was actually the issue last week. Uh, that, their defense is more concerning to me. What, what's going on there? And that and that pack of defense is really, really, yeah. really good, mind yeah, you. Um, exactly. And yeah, Jags though. Jags actually really impressed me last week. They could be two and one if not for that sort of failed two point conversion against I Houston. Still think yeah, and as you said, sort of um, coming back to life from a sack percentage as well. Yep. Minshew looks really actually actually competent, which yeah. we, is something we've never said for a Jacksonville Love it. Uh, um, quarterback in a long time. Actually, um, we'll, and we'll touch on that later. That they, they actually will feature in one of my Ooh. best futures bets for the, for the yeah, year. Sweet. Um, yeah, really, just coming back to life. And to, I also think they're getting nothing from um, Leonard Fournette either, like yeah. absolutely nothing. So whether that results in a, in a trade of, doesn't really usually happen in the NFL, like we get a, a game changing trade mid season. Yep. But you think something's got to give there as well, but that looks fantastic. Offensive line's really holding up a lot. You know, we talk about consistency as well and continuity in that O line. That's yep. all sort of, you know, developed in the house. And again, they're giving that protection to Minshew. Yep. 
Receivers as well, yes, it's Deedee Westbrook's coming coming along, O'Shaughnessy as well at tight end. I don't mind, yeah, Jacksonville, that was a really impressive performance. They just absolutely blew Tennessee out of the water and looked like so much of a better team. Yeah, so. I touched on Buffalo and, and Detroit benefiting from early season schedule. Um, back to this DVO, this DVO article this week, it's just superb. Um, so they go from 15th um, to 10th in the uh, adjusted, you know, ratings like when you adjust the schedule on Football Outsiders. So they've played three above-average teams this season. I mean, they've played Kansas City, yeah. Houston, and Tennessee, and they beat Tennessee handedly. Like, so, you know, it's it's not a bad team, Jacksonville. I think they're, I think they're sneaky good. And um, Minshew's great. I saw him on at the college game, and he, he made his own jorts, the, the jean shorts. I, I saw um, that, yeah. What a legend, man. Yeah, he's, he's quite a character. Well, there deserve. you go. Well, I was exactly, we were just talking a moment ago about Russell Wilson's personality contrasted yeah. with yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Minshew. Hang out with Minshew, mate. Come on. There, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Minnesota at Chicago. Chicago minus two and a half. The total is 38. Another low total here. Um, if this gets to plus three, I'm probably going to take the Vikings. Um, plus three and a half. I might be even more convinced, but I'm, I'm doubt it's going to get there. It's very wishful thinking for me, but. This game comes down to Chicago's number three DVOA run defense against Dalvin Cook. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I still think the Bears are massively overrated, but I also think Kirk Cousins is massively overrated. So I'm going to avoid here at the current line. Um, I think only at three and a half would I be tempted to take uh, Minnesota on the road here. But uh, Minnesota aren't built to play from behind. So if they can get to an early lead, sure, they can they can win this game. But I mean, if the Bears score on a win, then it's it's all over. But I still don't still don't think Trubisky was all that great um, against Washington last week. Hopefully, listeners, Josh, were able to get something down on the Dalvin Cook spruik last week for eight dollars for the rushing title because that's into yep. three twenty five now. So you can either lock some profit in or maybe build a book around that. Yep. And as we know, that the offense is Dalvin Cook. That is the Minnesota Viking offense. Yep. So everything sort of uh, starts and stops with him. Yep. Really keen for this game though. Two absolutely amazing defenses with offenses with massive question marks. I know with the yep. Dalvin Cook thing. Yep. But they're just absolutely lacking a variety or inspiration there. Plus money on both of them, interestingly, to make the playoffs. Yep. Sort of guns in the head, they kind of seem like playoff teams. At least those defenses do. But whether Trubisky and someone's going to miss Cousins out in that can, division. I, that, that's I, I, right. I don't think that's, three. That's right I don't think well. three teams from that division make the playoffs. So. Especially with San yep. Fran and Seattle playing so well as well. Intriguing matchup. Though. I'm really yeah. looking forward to this one. Yeah, I, it better be a pass to me. The line's confounding. Like, yeah, exactly. The, the line's spot on. I think Akeem I Hicks's say. availability as well is important. I just think he's just such a weapon in the middle of that line and allows Khalil Mack to do so much. I mean, if if Akeem Hicks is out, you can double team Khalil Mack, and if if Akeem Hicks is in, it's hard to um, because you've just got him standing through the middle. Um, Aaron Donald, poor man's Aaron Donald, Akeem Hicks in the middle there. All right, Dallas minus two and a half at New Orleans. The total is forty-seven. Um, this is a tough one for me because um, my ratings for the Saints are still quite high um, based on preseason, um, but I wasn't overly convinced by Bridgewater. I thought he was fine last week, but I'm not buying into that win because they got a little bit lucky. They 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 didn't really get tested. They got 13 free points off a punt return and a fumble recovery touchdown, and they're actually dominated. So they were outgained 515 to 265 in yardage and 26 to 15 in first downs. Like how many teams win football games? Mm being that so teams are 5 and 20 straight up since 2007 when give, when gaining 270 yards or less or giving up 500 yards or more so it's a very strange win for them 
But I'm I'm like I like the Cowboys, but I'm also I don't know the Cowboys. They've played the 27th, 31st, and 32nd ranked defenses, and now they play the Saints' defense that's ranked 28th. I mean, have they? They could almost literally have not played an easier set, uh, easier set of defenses to start the season. So, you know, it's it's hard to buy into the Cowboys, but yeah, against this secondary, I think. Um, and the, the Superdome hasn't been quite the fort it used to be. So I, I like Dallas minus two and a half here, even though my ratings have this closer to pick them. I think I only have Dallas minus one here. So um, I think maybe I need to readjust my Saints rating a little bit. Um, that could be that could be an issue with me not sort of downgrading Bridgewater enough. Uh, a lot of it was dinking and dunking in very low air yardage. So that's going to be tough against Dallas's linebackers to, to, to do that. Saints have given up um, five 20-plus rushes on the season, which leads the league. So really missing Sheldon Rankins in there, yep. like the defensive tackle massively. And they're going to be pitted up against Zeke Elliott and that amazing Dallas front. So that's not a great combo there. I'm happy for, to see Dallas potentially just get the win here and move to four zip, which would help some future stuff. Um Especially from, you know, NFC perspective, as we touched on, $13 preseason into 650 now, which yep. I still think is value. Yeah, the, the schedule thing matters, Josh, as you said, but you can only yep. beat what's in front of oh, you, the exactly. old cliche, you know, and the offense looks fantastic. I think uh, they are the number one DVOA offense, aren't they, in the league at, at the moment? Yeah. So, yep. which is, which is, which is great considering, you know, we touched on that defense going into the season potentially be, being a better unit. So that's still to explode. Yep. I just, yeah, hoping Cowboys can move to four zip here. Okay, uh, and that's actually pretty good for a uh, primetime game. The rest have been absolute fizzes mm. for the start of the year. So this would have been great with Drew Brees. Fortunately, um, football gods had other decisions, um, and now we have a, another gross Monday night football game. Cincinnati yep. at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 43-and-a-half. I mean, when are we going to get a good Monday night football game? Um, so my numbers had this line pretty much spot on. But I do think my Steelers rating is still a bit high because of preseason expectations. Um, I feel like maybe I haven't downgraded them enough. But I'm always worried about downgrading teams too much early on in the season and overreacting too much. So I'm always a little bit conservative. I think week five or six onwards, I, I really start to trust my numbers a lot more um, as opposed to early on in the season. Although week one, I really like them because I feel like there's a lot more variance. Um, but I think they've been absolutely awful. But I don't know if I can bring myself to take the Bengals on the road in prime time. Andy Dalton in prime time has been horrendous. Um, I don't have any numbers. I just you, you just know that he's been horrendous in prime time. I can tell you. Um, it, under the lights, it just hasn't been great from Andy Dalton. So I I don't know. But man, the Steelers have been one of the most disappointing teams. And it's not even Big Ben related stuff. Like even before. He got injured. That they were struggling a lot on offense. So there's a lot of things going on there, and everyone's touching on, you know, their players and and a lot of their first round picks that they have on defense. Yeah, sure, but their coaching is is terrible, and especially on defense. So I'm gonna probably avoid this game. There's a chance I may not even watch it. Just saying something yeah, to me. I love football, but come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a depressing Monday night football matchup. Yeah. It's really depressing. The the thing that hangs over for me, forgetting you know um, odds or anything like that, is the, the franchise decision with Mika um, Fitzpatrick. I just can't accept that kind of thing. <laughs> the, to give up a first round pick in this draft, we could be looking at a Pittsburgh team who're picking maybe five, six in the draft. So is that what they they're going to feel? I'm not. This is nothing against Mika Fitzpatrick, but this is a team who's needing that draft capital to build something entirely yeah. different than 
really awful start to the season. At least Cincinnati worked themselves back into that game against Buffalo last week and nearly pinched it. And of course, nearly pinched the first game of the year against Seattle. So that's not, that's not me getting excited about Cincinnati, but it's just saying at least it's something to, yeah, to clutch on I mean, to. So they were, they were pretty good in defeat against Seattle and Buffalo. So, I mean, you take what you will from that. Um, and they were awful against San Fran, but maybe San Fran are actually good. So. I think that was six and a half win total of preseason Cincinnati. Yeah. It's one of those things that you wish they had gone a lot harder. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they could easily be two and one. That's true. So, you true, know, who true, knows? True, true, true. No, that's true. It's, it is and funny. Speaking of San Fran, right. them and the Jets have the buyer this week. We've reached buyer territory here in week four. All right. Um, we will get your best bets now and then, uh, we'll be back a little bit after this, after a break and then we'll chat to Nick. But, uh, James, what are your, uh, what are your best bets here, uh, going forward in week four? So Keenan, um, charges wide receiver. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, excuse me. Yeah. You're right. Eight, $8 for this receiving title is already up a hundred on his nearest competitor and has 10 more targets than anybody else in the competition. That might be changing with Melvin Gordon coming back in terms of the changing charger offense. But I like that price on Keenan Allen. He's such a huge, um, target for Rivers. Oh, so man. important. He, he's so consistent. Yeah. He has a high right. yeah. floor every week. Every yep, week. Yep. So I really like that price, especially in a season like we did sort of say a couple of weeks ago with uh, Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. They're a little bit off the boil. They will sort of catch up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like that price. Okay. I, I, I don't the, mind it at all. Yeah, that's fantastic there. Um, $13 we touched on Cowboys at the start of the season. If you did get that, now is the opportunity to sort of start thinking about making a book around that price. And the Rams at $4.50 to win the NFC should be a good starting point. Um, I think that's a really good price, actually. Such a... Wonderful franchise there. Yep. And my third one is Brian Burns, $8.50 defensive rookie on rookie of the year. I think it was $15 preseason. We spoke about that on our preseason podcast. We did. This guy's extrapolated numbers look, look like it could be a 30 hit 10 sack season, That's which is good. fantastic. Yeah. yeah so 10, 10 sacks will give you, give you a chance to uh, win defensive rookie of the year. Right in the picture. And it's not as though anybody's blowing that award away so far. And the final long shot is Jags seven dollars fifty AFC South. Mm-hmm. This is the yeah. I like this it. Is, this is a division that I'm you know we're all not in love with. We've got yeah. big question marks on Indianapolis and their defense. I think Huge it, question marks on Texans. Yeah. So I think at some point out. you've could have taken every team at seven bucks pretty much apart from the Texans. Yeah, good point. Good point. Because um, really good point. After the Luck retired, the Colts are out to seven bucks, and then there was all this talk that they're actually all right, and then they switched, they brought them in, and put the Titans out there. And the Titans won in week one, and then so they they came in, and the Jags slipped out to last, and now it's like, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mind map there. If you basically, I think anyone on but the Texans, it might be a is a price. I think uh, maybe not the Titans, but yeah, I agree. Long shot, I like it. Jags seven fifty to win the division. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, funnily enough, Houston have won. <laughs> we, we give so much rubbish to Houston. They have won five of the last yeah. eight AFC South yeah. Division titles. So, yeah. You know, I know I'm very harsh on Houston. So, so am I, but that's fine. Give them a bit of love there. Okay, we're back after a quick break or break of about nine hours. Um, but here we are <laughs> with uh, with Nick, our regular uh, host here on the Punt Return Podcast. Couldn't join us this morning. Uh, to go through all of his games, but good thing is he's here now 
To quickly recap Thursday Night Football, which saw his beloved Philadelphia Eagles defeat the Packers on the road, um, 34-27. That's uh, now 4-0 for the uh, for the uh, underdog straight up in Thursday Night Football. So that's something to monitor going forward and to consider next week. But uh, Nick, how are you and how are you feeling after the Eagles? Yeah, good, mate. Really happy after that that result. Uh, sorry I couldn't be with you guys in the morning. Obviously, okay. uh, parent parenthood beckoned and uh, yep. yeah, got it. Priorities, but uh, was able to watch the game, which was nice, and uh, always, always really good to have a win at Lambeau. It's it's a tough place to go and and get the points, but uh, managed to do it, and uh, kind of hopefully starting to right the ship a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Falling to one and three would have been a tough spot because I definitely think they played well last week. Just a few drops and a few mis- uneagle like mistakes last week against the Lions. Um, as a neutral here, my overwhelming takeaway is, is Packers fans should not fret. I know their defense. Um, didn't play as good as they had in the first three weeks. That's fine. You still got a top 15 defense. I think the positive is Aaron Rodgers played like Aaron Rodgers, and that's a good thing. Um, so that's going to bode well for them going forward that they're going to have the attack, um, to, to, uh, keep up and, and keep them in games if their defense is, 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 isn't as stout as what they first thought. And then for me, Philly, um, obviously their O-line played incredible today. I thought they played really well, opened up rushing lanes and that running attack was, was really, really great. Um, but, man, your secondary is going to be an issue um, for the rest of the season um, it, if they, it, don't, if they really, don't make a trade or make a move or, or change things up. It really is a worry. I mean, obviously, Ronald Darby didn't play. Um, Sidney Jones missed yep. most of the game, which was something that we really didn't need. And then uh, Avante Maddox also uh, coming out early in the last quarter as well. Is another thing that we, we really didn't need? But, uh, yeah, it, it's a worry, this, this spate of injuries, especially in the secondary. But... I think something like this could really put put the pressure on uh, Howie Roseman to, to go and make that make that uh, impossible trade or, or something that we we wouldn't have thought was possible early earlier in the season with uh, a guy like Jalen Jalen Ramsey and you know just go and get it done. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, like, like you said, for for Packers fans, I think it was still a really good game, and, and like you said, Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers again, um, which is difficult to say with that. Bloody awful moustache, um, <laughs> but he, you know, he he looked like Aaron Rodgers, the elite quarterback that we haven't seen for a little while. But uh, he was he was very impressive. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Devonta Adams and, and that toe injury. Uh, hopefully, for I think for a lot of people's fantasy teams, and, and obviously for for the Packers and and Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't miss any time. Um, but you know, it is a worry when your your best receiver goes off, especially at an important time. I think after he went out of the game in the, in the last quarter, they had two, the Packers had two kind of 80 yard drives and just couldn't get it done. Uh, and they had plenty of opportunity to get it done and they just, just couldn't do it. Um, which was, was good for us and, and good for the Eagles. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a worry for the Packers, but they still played very well. I think that losses on LaFleur, I think he, he didn't really call a great game, especially in the red zone. I know they didn't run the ball very well, but you had four players from the one yard line and you don't even try one rushing attempt, and I know that was after Devontae Adams went out, so that maybe gives them more the reason to try the run, missing their best yeah, aerial I, attack. But that, that was baffling yeah, to me. It's a good point, and I know that they were missing Jamal Williams as well, who they like. They yep. like on the goal line, um, and maybe they just just uh, don't trust Aaron Jones at the goal line or in, in the end zone. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe they prefer him as kind of the three down, three down back further up the field, but um, yeah, it was it was some interesting play calling, but they had plenty of chances and, and couldn't get done, which uh, I'm quite happy with. So, yeah, 
Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Um, obviously, you couldn't preview all the games with us earlier this morning, so let's just jump straight into um, your best bets, and then we'll um, we'll get to you're going to represent Daryl for us this week. Uh, uh, normal uh, programming will resume next week. Um, but yeah, what, what do you like this week? What's what's your best bets uh, for the week? Yeah, so I'm, I'm at, at number one. I've got uh, Eckler again. I think he's been in, in my best bets or in, in my mentions kind of every week so far. Um, obviously, Melvin Gordon announcing that he's coming back to the team. Uh, I don't know if he'll be back next week or the week after, but he's not going to play this weekend, obviously. Um, but I think Austin Eckler's due for a really big game. Um, we were talking off air just a, a few minutes ago about the Dolphins' run defense, and, and they are ranked dead last in the league, uh, averaging an incredible 208 run yards against per game over the last three games, which is just, I, I saw that number and I, my head just exploded. Yeah. Um, and I think that he's he's going to go nuts kind of with that that feeling that he might not get another chance being the number one um, and just to keep his name in lights for another week and, and see what happens there. Um, secondly, I've got the Bills at the line, plus seven and a half, um, and also that game going under 42 and a half. Uh, I like the double there, if, if you can get it Ooh, at, at some point. At the double, I've, I've been good with the double so far. I'm one from one and uh, happy to go again. But I like both those bets. Um, I, I think they're both pretty solid, so I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, and the Falcons, the Falcons to cover their four-point line as well. Um, I think they're just going to be too good, too good this week. Yeah, I said I said this morning that's a game I've, I'm looking to avoid. And, and then the more I thought about it and I listened to a couple of preview podcasts and they talked about the Falcons' limited possessions last week against the Colts and... Things like that it makes me think that I'm probably leaning more towards the Falcons um, if I had to pick a side there. So I, I don't hate it at all. I just just them and the Titans are two teams I can't quite get a read on at the moment or get a real feel for. Um, it's just it's it's really really hard. So um, yeah, the Titans the Titans are really difficult to gauge at the moment. Um, I mean, at, at times they look they look really good and their, their defense has looked good um, at times. And, and you know when when their offense clicks. They've, they've got a lot of talent there, but it just it's they're so inconsistent. Um, I just think the Falcons at home, uh, just too much class, and, and they should get it done. Yeah, and and they need to keep to keep a winner because that division's wide open there. So um, you know, it's... yeah, absolutely right. Any, anything can happen, as yeah. we've said every week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I haven't done my best bet yet. We we got James's before uh, before we brought you in. So I, I'm with you on the under forty two and a half in the Buffalo and New England game. Um, and, and because we're both on the same side there, um, we're going to make that the lock of the week after Washington let us down here. So we're, we're going to bank on our first sort of total as the lock of the week. So under 42 and a half, um, in that Buffalo New England game, I'm not quite as confident as you on Buffalo plus seven. I just, I don't see Buffalo being able to score more than 10 points against New England. So I'm thinking this could just be like a 24 10 type game or, or even a 21-10 type game where you, you get sort of two or three touchdowns for New England and that'll be enough to get the job done. I think uh, New England's defense is so, so good. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really, really, really good. Um, so. Yeah, I, I've, I've, got the, I've got the total score in that game at, uh, what did I have here? Let me try and click up. Uh, I think it was 16-10. 
New England <laughs> way. Go. I've got I've got New England winning. Yeah. Um, but I just think I think the Bills are good enough to keep yeah. them out. Well, when you've got a more low, often than not, and yeah, when you've got a low yeah, total, so, normally the plus is the way to go. Um, but I, I just it's a rare it's a rare team this Patriots team. It's it's, it's really good on both sides of the football. So. And they are very good. Yeah, very good. And somehow yeah. somehow I still think they're underrated probably, which yeah, is unbelievable. It is pretty crazy. Um, all right. Uh, my second bet, best bet this week is Baltimore minus six and a half. I, I touched earlier with James that that's dipped under, um, the key, the key seven number there. So I like them a lot there. Um, I know it's not really the, the greatest uh, thing. I, I find a lot more people are keen on the, the Browns this week. I don't think, I think people are trying to get a bit too cute here. Uh, I think Baltimore bounced back, um, after their road, uh, loss and they're, they're, they're excellent at home. So. I just think uh, this is a chance. Although Cleveland did uh, did go two and zero against the spread last year against them, um, but I think Baltimore here will get the job done, and uh, and the Colts minus six and a half as well. I'm not overly keen on taking two favorites close to a touchdown. This isn't a great week. I'm looking across the, the slate, and I'm I really struggled to get three best bets. So um, I'm not overly keen this week. Um, I think the lines are starting to adjust pretty nicely, and it's becoming a little bit tougher. Uh, but I think the Colts uh, are too good to get the job done against uh, Oakland. I will keep an eye out on that injury report. Maybe that's one to play um, on game day because if T.Y. Hilton is inactive and Darius Leonard is missing as well, then that's something I may step away from and, and just avoid altogether. So that's kind of a – got a bit of an asterisk on it, that one. Um, if you do want a definitive one, uh, i probably lean towards maybe taking Dallas minus 2.5 on the road. I, I didn't buy much into the Saints uh, – Win last week. They got very. They got gifted thirteen points and and outgained mm. by about three hundred yards. So it was a very flawed victory by the Saints. So um, there's my best bets. But Nick, everyone's here to hear your long shot because you're three and zero this <laughs> this year. Um, by the way, you mentioned Eckler, hundred and twenty five plus yards. I think that's going to be around about two dollars uh, there for him to have one hundred and twenty five total yards um, mm-hmm. when you when those come out probably tomorrow morning. Just just based off some of the projections and things, that looks like that's where it'll be at. Um, so yeah, yeah, long shot. You're 3-0. Zeke last week finished on exactly 125 yards, which is what you, <laughs> you said 125 or more, which is exactly what it was. Um, yep. so yep. what's your long shot this week? Well, the pressure is getting to me it, week on week. The pressure is, is, is getting more and more. And, uh, I was struggling to find something this week. And, and I'm, I'm, as I might have mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the charges against Miami, um, this weekend. And uh, I'm not, I'm not 100% on them covering that that big line of 16 and a half. Um, I think it's down to 15 do now, which is 15. Yeah, 15. it's down to 15. Which I think, which I think makes a lot more sense. I think I that's think about that's, right. That's I think two and a half mark. touchdowns is probably about right. Yeah, I think that's about right. So I was trying to find some value around that game, and and I found uh, at a couple of books, a couple of point spread markets, and. Uh, charges 13 to 18 point winners is about five bucks. Yep. And charges 19 to 24 point winners, 550. Okay. Um, so they're kind of, they're kind of where I'm at in the, okay. the long shot. Um, I just think they're, they're a lot better. Like I said, I think Austin Eckler has a big, big game and, uh, I think they're going to win by a couple of touchdowns at least. Okay. I like it. Uh, my long shot this week is, uh, Formula One, uh, Terry McLaren, uh, don't like the scary Terry nickname. I'm fading that. Um, I'm not standing that. I'm definitely um, pulling away from that one. I think F1's a much better nickname. Um, I think he has 100 or more receiving yards up against Janoris Jenkins, the Jackrabbit. 
Um, Pro Football Focus gives him a 35% edge in their uh, matchup wide receiver charts this week, and the Giants are a bit of a sieve in secondary. So you can get 360 uh, for F1 to have 100 or more yards. And uh found this nugget interesting as well from um, Pro Football Focus. So he's he leads all wi- rookie wide receivers on at least 60 routes run in receiving grade at 81.8 and passer rating when targeted. So Keenum has 141.8 passer rating when targeted Terry McLaren, and then New York, they rank dead last in NFL yards allowed per pass play and 31st in percentage of passes resulting in gains of 15 or more yards. So just big, deep throws, which is just right up F1's alley. So I like uh, Terry McLaren, 100 or more yards. I also kind of like Will Disley to get a sneaky one or two touchdowns this week. Um, Shop around there. Like Arizona have been an absolute funnel for the tight end. Greg Olson looked like he was 23 last week. Um, playing against him instead of thirty-three. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's I haven't seen I haven't seen him run like that after the catch for years. Yeah, he's been looking like a dad runner for about three years, like exactly how <laughs> I jog, you know. Even though I'm not a dad, like I just look old when I run. But yeah, he he looked young. He looked young against Arizona. So yeah. maybe it's just just playing Arizona it just breeds light into a he, life into tight end. So uh, he yeah, was like my uh, my. He was my waiver wire pick to replace George Kittle this week in fantasy. So there we go. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for something similar. Okay. Um, all right. So you're here as well to represent Daryl and the models. So we'll just quickly run through the models' best bets. If you listened last week, they went three and two on their plays. Uh, Daryl gave us a couple of little extra ones. Um, the long shot, no good. But that's just there because we're doing it. Um, it wasn't really a long shot. It was just like a, a dog money line which uh, they got up today in, with Philadelphia and Philly Plus. So they're already off to a good week in week four. But what else does the model like here for the rest of the week? Yeah, well, the models the models had a, a pretty strong start to the season, obviously, today as well, which which yep. isn't yet reflected on the on-site results. But uh, six and three for the season so far. Um, now, I'm, I'm not Daryl, so anyone expected to be able to give you explanations about why things are why they are. Yeah. Um, with the model, I'm, I'm afraid I can't do that. But... The best bets from the model this week are Detroit at the line, plus six and a half. Yep. Uh, it's about an 8% edge on that one. Um, okay. Arizona, plus five. There's about an, another six or 7% edge there. Um, and the Titans, plus four at the line, which which I was a bit surprised about. Mm. Also a green smiley um, at about 6%. Yeah. Uh, and the long shot, green smiley, Detroit head to head, which I don't mind a little flutter at, to be honest. Wow, against I'm not taking, I'm never taking anyone against Pat Mahomes. I'm just, I can't do it. <laughs> I think, look, I think that they're not going to go through the season undefeated. No, and of course not. I don't think anyone is. I don't think anyone is this season. Um, although the Pats, you, you never know with the yep. Pats, but uh, I, I do think the Chiefs have a couple of losses and. You know how things are when you get on a bit of a roll and you can kind of take things easy one yep. week. Um, and, you know, Detroit could be a sneaky play. Okay. Maybe Pat Mahomes doesn't like playing indoors on a fast-track dome. Uh, I doubt it, but <laughs> that could be the it Achilles doesn't, heel. Doesn't I mean, yeah, it doesn't you know, sound likely. Yeah. It doesn't sound likely, does Superman even <laughs> has kryptonite, so you just never know. Um, all right, well, um, that wraps up uh, week four, a very sort of patchy week four for the punt return. Um, hopefully you are enjoying this. Enjoy grand final weekend, Nick. Um, yeah, yeah. Quick tip. Who's, who's your tip? Uh, probably Richmond, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm back in, uh, I, back in Hooley for Norm Smith. That's where I'm yeah, at. not a bad call. Not a bad call. I like Hooley for Norm Smith, and I think you can get him about eight bucks yep. as well still. Um, I, I like Richmond. Um, I don't think it'll be a big win. I can't see them winning by more than a couple of goals, but I, yep. I do think they win. Uh, but I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be upset to see the Giants, the Giants with the big, big sound get up. Yeah, I mean that's that's been great, but Toby Green also, so you know, give a little, take away a little. So, <laughs> well, you know, I'd, as a I, Swans I man, most... I can't get behind GWS. I just cannot have well, another Dan, Sydney that's, that's team winning. Enough. It's just not, that's, it's just not that's natural fair enough. I think... I, I can I can understand that, but I think every you know on Toby Green, I think every club in the AFL would love to have Toby Green, even though they probably won't admit it. Yeah, um, I think every club would love to have Toby Green or or that type of player on their list, and I know I would as a St Kilda supporter, unfortunately, which I yeah, promise yeah, I won't mention any more on this podcast. <laughs> All right, well uh, that wraps up week four. We'll be back next Thursday, as I said. Normal programming will resume next week. As always, you can check us out on Twitter at Stats Insider. You can check me out on Twitter as well at. JYNFL, and you can follow Nick on Twitter as well at Nick Splitter.